Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast. I'm Lindsay Smith. That's Saul Bookman. That's Gerald Borgay. And that is Flex from Jersey. Guys, how you doing now that you've had a hopefully good night's sleep after the chaos of yesterday? I mean, I... I slept okay. I'm tired from all the writing and the more writing to come, but um, I'm feeling okay about the trade. I know a lot of people are still upset about it and see it as a severe downgrade. Um, But I think at this point, we're going to start taking a look ahead a little bit in terms of what this trade does for the Suns and how it could change the dynamic for the upcoming season. And some of it is bad and some of it is potentially okay. But I think we're going to get through this. Yeah, um, I had the pleasure of sitting home and being able to digest this a little bit yesterday. Mm. So a lot of film, a lot of conversations, and um, I have come to a better conclusion this morning. Uh, yesterday was a little bit of a roller coaster, mm-hmm. but uh, with the time to digest it, I'm feeling a lot better about it. Um, I think it's, you know, I don't think it's a great deal. I don't think it's a terrible deal. So I think it's, yeah, we can, we can kind of chop it up and mm-hmm. look at the, the future. I mean, any way you slice it, this is the worst deal in Suns history. <laughs> so aggressive. I just, you know, I, I just want to give up. You know, it's over. Stop it. It's over? <laughs> no, he's listen, full of shit. I'm full of shit. Like, no, I, I think it's fine. I, I don't, listen, they, if they, they really, it's obvious that a, a changing, uh, a change of scenery for both parties was necessary. <clears throat> this is what the Suns thought was the best deal that they could get. So they took it. And it does give them a little bit of flexibility here and there. I'm okay with it. I think the piece is actually the more I, I've watched um, <clears throat> Nas Nasir Little, mm-hmm. the more I like him. Yeah. Um, the more I feel like, ooh, you know, maybe maybe we had this wrong a little bit. Um, I don't think the. I think actually he becomes the major piece in this trade instead of Yoke. Um, sorry, Yusuf. Yusuf. I forgot. I forgot his name already. Um, so, well, to be fair, there, we've learned a lot of new names this yes, offseason. Yes, yes. A lot of For them. Sure. So that's kind of how I'm feeling about it. I'm like, okay, I'm okay with it. I'm ready to move on. I, and more importantly, for for Da, I just really, really hope he gets what he was he was looking for. Um, he deserved a fresh start. Mm-hmm. I love the guy. I always will bear down all the time. But he he needed this. He needed this not only for his game and his future, but he needed this for his psyche more importantly, in my opinion, because obviously he felt some type of way. And some of the comments out in the Bahamas um, during the World Cup would lead you to believe that as well. And so I'm happy for him. Flex, yesterday, what were you kind of hearing as far as when you were talking to people, both pre-trade news and post-trade news? Yeah, I mean, yesterday was difficult because there was an initial wave when it happened. And I think... It happened so fast, and Milwaukee wasn't talked about much. 
So when it when it kind of came to fruition, um, I think everybody was kind of hesitant to really dig deep and have conversations about it. They were trying to get their wits together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, I, th- I think later on in the day, uh, having conversations and letting things settle down, you start to see what Saul was talking about a little bit. You know, uh, the sons, I was told the sons do feel like Nasi a little is a sleeper in mm. this uh, in this deal. And then being able to talk to some Portland people, we'll talk about that later. But um, I, I think at the end of the day, I'm going to frame it like I framed it yesterday on Twitter. Um, it's simple. DA needed a change. DA needed a change. The Phoenix Suns needed a change. Uh, both parties mutually needed some change. And I think this is one of those rare ones where on the surface right now, you probably can't see it, but I think fast forward about half the season, you may look back and say, this is one of those rare moves where both teams won. Mm. DA got to a good place and he's striving and 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 is able to uh, play the way he wants to play or has uh, he he feels like he hasn't been permitted to play here, and I think that the pieces that we got are going to show and and pay dividends um, as we as we progress. Real quick, Charles in the chat um, had said, "What happened to the Saul? Uh, what happened to the Saul that said he's not on my team? Good luck, but bye bye energy. Um, <laughs> it's still there. Like I don't give a shit if Portland wins zero games, eighty two. I don't give a shit if he has fifty points a game or averages five. Like." He's not on my team, like so I don't care. Like, hey, listen, Mikhail, Cam, Da, all in the same boat. I I hope they all thrive. I hope they all play well. I hope they have uh, successful careers because they're very good individuals and very you know and and from a personal standpoint, they're really good people. Yeah. But, comma, my team is the motherfucking Phoenix Suns. I don't care about any other team in the league. I have a side piece though, so get that later. Who? <laughs> Okay, see, he's my side piece. Oh, oh yeah, that. he's been, he's been high on the You've thunder. Been, thunder yeah. up. That's yeah. been an obvious one. Okay, real quick. I do want to, I'm going to kind of throw a curveball at you guys for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm seeing it in the chat, and I have seen this all over social media since this news break broke. Um, why would the Suns help the Bucks get better? And I understand the idea behind that, mm. but it would have appeared for for me, based on all of the information prior to this trade actually happening, the Suns were always on board with DA and Nurk. Mm-hmm. That was always a piece of the puzzle, regardless of what other third team was involved. So they clearly liked Nurk enough and believed that he would be a good replacement for DA within this trade. Because every single team that we heard might be in the mix, it was all the consistent was DA and Nurk. Yeah. Right. We we had been hearing the, about the Blazers' interest in DA. We had been hearing that even if the Dame trade didn't happen, like they were still going to try and push a framework for DA and Nurk somehow with a bring, maybe bring in another third team. Right. Um, so how but, I'm feeling about it is if the Suns were clearly that bought in on Nurk, it they felt like they got better. Or they felt like this was a good move for them regardless of who that third team was. I think it's more so like we've been saying. I think everyone involved needed a fresh start. I think they, and we'll, we'll talk about some of the reasons why they might have wanted to move on from DA. But I think they wanted to move on from DA. Yeah. Um, and I think Nurkic was one of the available centers that they knew that they could get. A starting caliber big who was playing for a team that had interest in DA because like we've been saying for most of the summer, the offers for DA were not necessarily as high as we had hoped. 
And I think, again, we found out what DA's trade value is with this trade. It's not right. an overwhelming blue chip piece that's coming in return for a former number one pick. Right. It's bits of spare pieces and parts that hopefully you can put together in a playoff rotation, mm -hmm. one or two of those guys. I don't think you go into a trade worrying about the other team. No. Right. You worry about your team. The Suns feel like they got a, a package that works for them. And you let whatever happens with the other teams happen. And and I'm gonna be honest, uh, I'm I'm keeping it 100 here. I don't know how much Milwaukee is better. Hmm. Like Dame can tell score. Him, tell him flex. Dame can score, but damn man, what Drew Holiday does on both ends, mm -hmm. um, that's gonna be missed. Mm -hmm. And so I I had a conversation last night with somebody about this, and my answer was I I thought it was slightly more than a lateral move. That's my opinion. Mm. Slightly more than a lateral move. They're a little bit. They're a little bit better offensively, but they've they've taken a step back defensively. I, so I, I would disagree with a little bit better offensively. I think they did get significantly better on offense because I think Dame opens up the floor more for other guys because of his range. Okay. Uh, Drew Holiday does not have Damian Lillard range. Like it's that's significant. Yeah, that's fact. Um, and the pick and roll I think will be a little smoother with Giannis. You're not having to give Giannis you know, the ball and just say, hey, put your head down and just run over everybody to the rim now. So Giannis needed needed some 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 help on that end for sure. But defensively is to your point. And and Eddie Johnson and I kind of went back and forth on this today because he doesn't he felt like Drew kind of took a step back defensively last year. Um but I I I, cha I, I challenge anybody to sit there and say, well, you know, fuck if, if Giannis misses several games in the playoffs, which he did, he missed what one yeah. or two games, um yeah, the load's gonna be more focused on you and you're going to have to carry a lot more of the weight, and he just couldn't do that. So I don't necessarily think – what I think is going to be funny, and everybody's looking at Milwaukee, everybody, oh, they got better. How would you help them? First of all, they got to get to the finals right. first, right. okay? They got to get through Boston, and the rumor is right now that Boston might fuck around and land Drew Holiday, and wouldn't that shit be funny? That would be he great. gets to fucking Boston, and those two got to go at it Ooh, to try and get man. to the finals. Sign me up for that all day. I would be praying for it if not for the fact that if the Suns reach the finals, they'd have to yeah. play one of those two teams. But, but they'd be worn it'd out. be so much fun to watch <laughs> this series. Because <laughs> we're so. sweeping the fucking Nuggets. Oh, boy. Oh, oh man. man. We're just, okay, we're just throwing it. Oh, oh, man. Is it a shady raid? He came in here with the vest on today. He got the bulletproof vest on today. Dude, listen. I took bullets all the last six months, man. I'm not worried about them. Okay. So I just wanted to kind of address that because I know that's been a question that a lot of people have been yeah. asking but i think at the end of the day you got to worry more about what your team is doing and less about what the other teams yeah. are doing and if you feel like it's a good move for you they should make the move yeah. one way or the other Absolutely. regardless of how we feel because we don't actually get a say in any of it mm -hmm. that's the unfortunate part um so one of the things that we did talk about yesterday is the fact that the suns did have four players come in within this trade which means that at some point in time before the season starts they are going to have to uh let two players go to reach the number that they're allowed to have. And we did get a report from Jake Fisher today that the Suns are expected to waive Keon Johnson and Ish Wainwright. I don't think this is surprising, but it's still a bummer nonetheless. Um, we don't know Keon Johnson personally, but we do Ish Wainwright, and he has been a fan favorite and a stand-up guy, and it's going to be sad. Yeah, it is. He's He's been a really fun underdog story to cover. Um, one of the nicest guys in the locker room and someone who has really worked hard on his craft to get to where he is at this point. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this winds up being what happens just because Keon's the new guy. He's 21, barely played on a 
pretty bad Blazers team. Um, and Ish, his contract is non-guaranteed for the upcoming season, so it would make most sense to part ways with him. Um, we'll see. But it's, uh, it would be unfortunate to say goodbye to Ish, but unfortunately this is a business, and that's what this happens with some of these trades. Are we sure we got to get rid of Ish? Can he come back on a two-way again? Because we have one more open, right? You do have a two-way slot. So I, I thought, yeah, go ahead, Gerald. You do have a two-way slot. It'd be interesting to see if they tried. I feel like Ish, you know, you've you've done the two-way thing with him for two years. Maybe you could convince him to come back on a two-way, but maybe you want to do right by him and let him see if he can be yeah. on an NBA squad. It's, it's tough, I, though, because it's so close to the start of training camp. I had that conversation with someone late last night and was told that that is being thought of. Okay. Okay. Now, whether Ish would do it, um, is a whole different thing, but right. um, they love Ish. Mm-hmm. Now I will say this: uh, Matt Ishbia, we can curse on this, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Fuck yeah, Matt, Ish- <laughs> Matt Ishbia's got fuck you money. Yeah, <laughs> yes, okay. <he> does. <laughs> so if this was Robert Sarver, it'd be a foregone conclusion that non-guaranteed dude right. is getting cut. Mm. Uh, Matt Ishbia is a different cat, man. So you know, if he feels like the right thing to do is to keep Ish around. Maybe he takes a bite, you know, bites the bullet. <laughs> Say it. Right. Who would they cut? Tell me. Do you want? Give it to let, me. Let's just. You know what just, I want to hear. Let's just say it's a guy that you want to hear. <laughs> you know, hey. But I don't okay. want to say but that. But is there concern there? Huh? As, because if I, am I thinking about the same guy? The one that you reacted to negatively when we found out about it in the first place? He's been calling oh, him the, like his new Landry yeah. Shamit. We were, yeah, it's the same yeah, thing, right? Yeah. Oh, man. So, but it, do we need more no, he's bigger not, bodies? No, time no, out, time no. out. He's not gonna be he's not gonna be my Landry Shamit. I just was never on board with his game in the first place. That's okay. He can prove me wrong. But I like Ish. I think Ish provides more flexibility. Um but, you know, yeah. he's a backup big. He can play small ball five. So maybe that's the aspect that they're thinking of, especially if, right. you know, Nurkic does fall apart and gets injured again and he can't play as many games and Bull Bull isn't anywhere near where you need him to be and all you're basically relying on is Drew Eubanks, then, yeah, you kind of got to keep Metu right. and Ish is the, the odd man out. So from that perspective, I could understand why they would they would cut Ish. But low-key, on my end, you know, I'm not I'm, I'm not a fan of any Trojan. I, I think Ish has done a that's very... That's four kids. <laughs> <laughs> I think here. Sorry. 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 <laughs> Yo, I'm so sorry. Why? You all are so sorry. Here. He that was came so bad. You individually owe each and every one of us an apology, <laughs> including <laughs> your four kids. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Oh, out of pocket. Oh, man, I know. Wow. I was, that was a stray that nobody deserved. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I think Ish has done a really good job of putting himself in a good position based on the character person he is, mm-hmm. the ball player he is, and how many people. Love that guy. So I'm I'm rooting for Ish, man. Mm-hmm. Let, let's see how it shakes out. I'm not going to just sit here and say Ish is getting cut. I qu- haven't quite heard that, but he is one of the names that's being uh, talked about. So. Well, I do hope that if, if Ish doesn't find another team between now and the start of the season, if he does end up being the one who gets cut, um, that the offer is available for him to come back on a two-way. Because yeah. I know he loves this this place. He loves this organization, the fan base, the Valley, everything. Um, but we'll keep an eye on that. But that is what we've heard so far from Jake Fisher is that it's Keon Johnson and Ish Wainwright who are likely um, going to be waived by the Suns. But again, they can carry them through training camp and whatnot. So mm. it doesn't have to happen anytime in the That's near right. future unless 
they know that these players have somebody else who is interested in signing them, which then it's kind of like you do right by each other. Correct. Listen, if Saul um, just sent you down a spiral <laughs> with all of his shenanigans, Damn. I highly rec- recommend yeah. Wink. Wink is a seltzer, which is a wink of THC. It's something that'll just kind of help balance things out a little bit. Uh, you know, never a bad thing to be a little more balanced, right? Uh, wink is light and social. It's bubbly enough to help you work the room. and uh, But you also keep your wits about you. Yeah. myself. Working the room, but keep your wits Light and about you with Wink. Uh, there is no third-party producers. Wink is made in-house with zero calories, sugar, or alcohol, and it tastes like your favorite refreshing flavored seltzer. They are available in either 2.5 milligram or 5 milligram cans, and you can find Wink right here in Arizona. Just look for Wink at all Sunday Goods dispensaries in the Valley and Botanica Dispensary in Tucson. They're now also in 12 states nationwide and even recently launched online ordering and home delivery to about a dozen others. So to find the fastest way to get your hands on one, just go to drinkwink.com. Um, real quick, Jake it or leave it. I don't know what you're talking about. I He was under the impression you were talking about Grayson Allen, but no, you were talking about... I was uh, talking about Shemezi Metu. Yeah. yeah. Not Grayson Allen. Just to clear I that up. now love Grayson Allen. He is my favorite player on this team. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. oh yes. We are going to talk about that in a second. Oh, you? no. Well... Listen, if that just brought you down, (laughs) BetMGM's got you covered because they just want to give you some free money, you guys. And if that's not a uh, bright spot in your day, I don't know what is. All you have to do is sign up for BetMGM using the bonus code PHNX. Then you place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10, and you will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. So it's literally just 200 bucks there for the taking. So don't miss out on this. Again, that bonus code is PHNX. You can check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. <laughs> that was the biggest compliment I've ever gotten. <laughs> Is it? Somebody says Saul is, is the Grayson Allen of this podcast, and I'm fucking here for it. You okay. need better people around you. That's the best. I know. You've I got. do, Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Damn. I mean, you set yourself so, up for that one. Saul, you are the Chris Paul of this podcast. How about that? <laughs> so I won't that's be here a, during the playoffs. Damn. Oh, <laughs> oh shit! Nah, you, you are because you fucked up bro. your knee the other side. <laughs> so oh no. <laughs> Okay, guys. So I think there is a lot of understanding around the why this move was made, but I think we should dive a little bit more into it. We did talk yesterday. uh, Kevin O'Connor did send out a tweet that mentioned that, you know, there might have been a little bit of frustration behind the scenes um, with DA still, regardless of Monty leaving. We've heard this multiple places now, and uh, we heard it on Brian Windhorse's podcast yesterday, their emergency podcast about this trade. Tim McMahon shared some insights around that as well. Monty Williams, obviously, and DeAndre Ayton butted heads a lot. But Monty's departure did not 
solve or did not diminish kind of the angst about DeAndre Ayton within that organization. And Wendy's giggling because he knows that I'm right. I just think in the locker room throughout the organization, and I'm not on some of these things, I don't I think DeAndre Ayton got a raw deal. Him not playing game six surprised a lot of people in our organization and didn't necessarily go over well. I'm not a doctor. I didn't examine his ribs. I don't know how severely he was hurt. I'm just telling you. Um, his desire to have more touches was absolutely not going to work in Phoenix. And, you know, they were like, dude, they they were willing to deal him for Tim Hardaway Jr. or Rashawn Holmes on, on draft night. So for them to actually be able to get a, f- a few guys who might actually be decent rotation players, yeah, you know, but the- a fill-in star or starters at center and some rotation players, given the fact that they were trying to dump them, they're trying to get rid of them. That's just- okay. First, I do want to address the Tim Hardaway Jr. Rashawn Holmes thing. Um, we all know that phone calls were made around draft night. I think if the Suns were willing to accept that offer. That offer would have been accepted then. There's no, like, if that was the offer that the Suns were okay with accepting, DA would be a Dallas Maverick. Like, right. they wanted him. There's no way that they would have, yeah. I, I yeah. think the Mavericks offer came in low for the Suns, and that's why that deal didn't happen. There was four teams that I had spoke with the week of the draft mm-hmm. that were all interested in DA. Trash offers. Right. And so the Suns listened to them. But nothing, nothing got over the line. Like it was like, no, we're not just gonna give DA away. So, um, yeah, they, I think they were not willing. Been... They were not willing. To, I'm sorry, I, no, just, they were not willing to take anything for DA. Offers came in and they said no. And I think that might have just been kind of you know mix up of words, not so much as that's the package the Suns were willing to accept, but that was a package that was yes. offered kind of a way. Um, because again, like you said. If they were willing to accept it, they would have accepted it on right. draft. If they could have gotten away with Rashawn Holmes and Tim Hardaway Jr., they would have done that. They yeah. need a big for for yeah. Luca. Um, but let's go back to the other side of this clip here, and that is that Monty Williams leaving the organization didn't fix everything mm-hmm. between DA and the organization and everyone else within the organization. And I think that's one of the things that we pointed to yesterday. There, there just seems like the frustration had grown it could have been from da towards the organization the organization towards da or a mix of both that just was non-repairable i i think it goes to a couple of things and i think you can go back to the summer of 2021 they go to the finals da does all the little things that help the suns win and i said this at the time i said i don't think da is worth a max contract in a vacuum but i think you pay it because you need to send the right message to him. You need yeah. to tell him, we see what you did during this finals run. We need you to keep doing those things. And even if it's a slight overpay, we're going to give you max money to keep doing those things. Yeah. And I think when they didn't pay him that money, you can say like it was the right call not giving him another max deal because then you could trade for Kevin Durant a couple of years later. And I totally understand that. But from the perspective of DA and the Suns, by not giving him that contract then, you sent the message to him that like what I did during this finals run, us having the team success, me doing all the gritty work on the interior, 
isn't enough. I need to do more. And so he came into training camp that season, literally telling us in the first media scrum at training camp, I don't like my big man duties. I want to shoot more threes. I want to do more on offense. And it's great when a number one overall pick shows initiative to want to expand his game. But doing those things, he didn't have the skill set for them, and they weren't going to help the Suns offense get better. So then you have this whole season where he's playing for a contract. And since then, they've been walking this tightrope back between can we get him enough touches to keep him happy? Can we give him opportunities to expand his skill set a little bit and show us if he can do more versus doing what we need him to do to win basketball games, the defense, the contesting shots, the rebounding, crashing the glass on the offensive end, like setting good screens and rolling and sealing with purpose. And so I think we got to a point where the Suns were just kind of tired of walking that balancing act and not being able to do it. And Flex, I know you have some insight as well on the whole game six situation that was mentioned in the clip. Yeah, I have a lot of insight on that, actually. <laughs> um, you know, I actually did a podcast. Uh, it's okay to say the podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Above the Rim podcast, you mm-hmm. guys can go look at it. It was maybe two days after the Suns got eliminated. Mm-hmm. And I had got this information um, right before I did that show. And it was pretty damn alarming, man. Like, here's what I was told, and this is what I said on the podcast. DeAndre got hurt in game five. Uh, there was the game, the night of the game, and then a day off, mm-hmm. and then the game uh, a couple days later, game six. The problem was is that when DeAndre got hurt, the, the communication from him uh, was not taken well by the team. Mm-hmm. Like, he literally at one point said, I am not playing game six while they're still in a locker room and getting ready to go back home for game six. Mm-hmm. And and there there are people that question that. They're saying, hey, you, ha- you haven't saw the doctor? You hadn't gotten therapy? You haven't really gotten checked out? Like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Why are we ruining ourselves out of a game and we haven't even got to the game? You may wake up tomorrow and feel better. Now, I, I-, I want to be clear about this. This is DeAndre's statement and how some people may have perceived it. With that said, DeAndre was hurt. Mm-hmm. And is that something, you know, you guys play, everybody here play ball. You know when you're hurt, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know when you're hurt, mm-hmm. correct? So, mm-hmm. if, right if you... <laughs> <laughs> I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask you, me how all right. Sometimes you get hurt in basketball and you just know this is a bad one. I'm not going to be able to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that you communicated that way. Mm-hmm. I think you do everything you can up until the game to to get on the court, and I don't think he did that. So I, I think that's what kind of got people a little bit frustrated about that game five and game six, and I think that was the beginning of maybe some people not trusting DA anymore. And I'm not going to jump in a foxhole with this guy. Mm-hmm. So... That's what they're talking about, and I can confirm emphatically that happened. Right. It, it's yeah. It, it's a tough situation because, like you said, I think Da was legitimately hurt. Um, you know, we talked to him at exit interviews a day after Game Six, and you know, he was talking about it hurts to just sit up right now in front yeah. of you guys. So I think he was legitimately hurt. But you're right. To your point, it would probably rub your teammates the wrong way if you just came out right after Game Five, facing elimination at home. You just got your ass beat in Denver, 
everybody needs to rally together and the guy comes in and automatically rules himself out for game five and and or game six and yeah. does it in that way i i understand and we saw the body language when he was playing too like we saw it from kd and book the plays where the Suns got beat on defense or that one play that he had where he caught the ball on the roll and Michael Porter Jr. was right in front of him and he just laid it up and missed the layup instead of dunking it. Like those were deflating plays that you could just, you could feel it in the arena, you could feel it on the Suns bench. And I think they were just kind of tired of having to constantly boost someone up um, because that's what DA needed. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this from my perspective. Um, Again, I, I, I do like DeAndre Aiden, mm. but I, I could see how that would wear on a team, um, especially, you know, listen, this isn't the first time, you know, superstars or, you know, a superstar has butted heads with somebody else on their team. Like, go back to Kobe and Shaq. Yeah. You know, the reason why Shaq ended up being the one on the way out was because Kobe didn't feel like Shaq had a work ethic strong enough to continue their their championship progress yeah. and he would call them out on that and they would fight and they didn't like each other because Shaq didn't like to be called out like that but like there was good reason for it because he wasn't putting in the work and and so you know when you look at Devin Booker and then you add Kevin Durant and you had Chris Paul like those guys work they work really really hard and I don't think that they saw themselves in DA I mm -hmm. think they view DA in a different kind of category and they hoped that his talent would would overcome his work ethic, but it never happened. That's why you got so much inconsistency. EJ and I were talking about that today, and I said <clears throat> one of the things that that I I, I, I kind of push back on is this narrative that DA didn't get the ball enough or DA didn't get this, this, this. I used to say that. Mm -hmm. I used to be that guy and say, you know, but when we talked about the Miami Heat culture, yeah, what was Spo's thing? Spose he said, thing. He, he, what was his what's his phrase he said don't uh he's like make me play you oh yeah make me play you or, well, make I, me watch you make me play yes and i don't think that deandre ayton was was that type of dude he wasn't the one to force his will like the great ones will impose their will on their team if deandre ayton was an all-star level player and a dominant player like he would force the issue like Without a doubt, every time he did touch the rock, motherfucker, you got no chance. Boom, got him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he never had that dog in him. He yeah. never did. You know, and we thought he did when he got drafted. He showed some of it at U of A a lot. I thought he did, but it was just too much of this. And yeah. it became unreliable. And I could see why a guy like Devin Booker, like, listen, Devin Booker is the alpha on this team. Yeah. He absolutely is. And if you're not trying to ride, you know, with him, then you're going to be out. And I think that's ultimately what happened and the reason why it happened. And and I think, too, to your point, like, I think he, as far as whether he had the dog in him or not, I think part of it, too, is that he was not good at evaluating himself. Yeah. yeah. I think he saw things for himself that his, the things that he worked on in the offseason didn't necessarily translate to doing those things. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he came in after the finals run telling us about how he wanted to shoot more threes. And we were like, okay, like, you got a good mid-range stroke, but, like, I don't, I don't see you taking two or three threes a game. Neither did Monty, neither did anybody on the team. Right. And it's one of those things where like, yeah, if you let him do that, maybe he'll get better at it. And But this team is contending for championships. Like yeah. they don't have time to mess around with that type of stuff. So it, it's tough. I, I do hope this fresh start 
is good for him, not just because he needs a change of scenery, but because this particular change of scenery will allow him to get those opportunities to yeah. take threes or to work on his handle or to have these other opportunities on offense that yeah. he just wasn't going to have here because, you know, it's a young Portland team. He's going to get tons of touches and, and opportunities to grow his game. I but, also think one of the things with DA off the court is just – how he communicates sometimes can be mm -hmm. misunderstood. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I personally don't believe that's intentional. I'm choosing not to believe it's intentional, but when it happens over and over again, I think it can rub people the wrong way. Cause mm -hmm. we talked, I don't even remember if it was earlier this week or if it was last week, we were talking about the comments about, you know, his teammates playing for team Bahama and this is the best team I've played for my favorite teammates, yada, yada, yada. I don't think that he meant that in a kind of petty, spiteful way towards mm -hmm. the teammates he's played with on the Phoenix Suns. But I could understand how some of those teammates would take that. Right. The injury thing, game six, if he was saying, you know, like he's going to know his own body, but it's dependent on the maybe the way he communicated that injury. If he was yeah. nonchalant about it, that would rub somebody the wrong way if he, than if he came into the locker room throwing things pissed off to the end of the world that he wasn't able to play. Correct. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think a lot of it comes down to that too. And that might be somewhere where he could grow as well, just as a human being, but yeah. especially as a teammate, like the way you deliver these things are also important. The words you use when you're speaking about your organization, your work ethic, yeah. your team, all the things they're important because it can rub people the wrong way. And it gives you, um, a reputation that yeah. may not may not be true, but it'll stick with you. EJ said uh, he had to stop. He had to stop comment uh, commentating on the potential and what he could have done, and just started really commenting on what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of speaks volumes in itself. Yeah, because because there was too much stuff that might have been able to be pointed out in terms of the things that he was not doing. Um, that. Th that would lead you down the wrong road. And so you just have to kind of state the facts at a certain point. He he did make a couple of good points about, you know, just his involvement in the offense and, and, and the subsequent delay of his progress and getting touches and stuff like that. Cause he said, you know, there would be four or five, six times he would come down the court. He would do everything he's being asked to do. He would get into a position to be able to get the ball and score. They didn't go to him. Yeah. And then the seventh or eighth time he comes off and he's like, well, I've done this shit eight times already. I'm probably not going to get it this time. And that's when he would get it and he'd be caught off guard and, and yeah. then he'd look stupid and stuff like that. And um, I, I just think there's a, a balance everywhere about how this all went wrong. I mm -hmm. think I think there's a mixture of everything. Um, my concern about D.A. moving forward would be if he doesn't learn the lesson here and he gets over to Portland and he carries on some of the same shit over there. He's going to get traded again. Yeah. And EJ said that today. And yeah. I was just like, that's a good point. And then he becomes yeah. another first round pick or number one pick that ends up being a journeyman and a what if. Mm -hmm. And I hope, I hope this is a wake up call. I hope he doesn't view this as, oh, finally, I got away from these guys. Now I'm going to thrive. I hope it's, oh, I got away from these guys. I'm about to prove them fucking wrong yeah. and get to work. And right. I, I don't know. And again, I don't know which one that's going to be. Can I comment on that? Because that's interesting. I had a conversation yesterday about this very thing with someone around Portland. Mm -hmm. And he's going to a team that their coach was very much in the same spot. Like people forget Chauncey Billups was drafted by Boston, traded yeah. by Boston. Right? And went to Denver and, 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 and he became Mr. Big Shot, right? Mm -hmm. With Detroit. Well, he's playing for that coach now. 
And and what someone told me yesterday is very enlightening. You say, you know, in boxing, styles make fights. You get the two right styles, it becomes a legendary fight, right? In in basketball, situation and opportunity make careers. Mm-hmm. If Kobe is not traded to the Lakers and stays with the Hornets, <clears throat> who knows what the legacy of Kobe Bryant is, mm-hmm. right? So it's all opportunity and situation. DA has a chance uh, to rewrite all this with a coach that has kind of lived that narrative. And uh, and I'm, I'm rooting for him. I think DA is going to be fine. I think he's going to go out there, get more opportunity. I think me and Gerald talked about it pre-show. You know, the shots for DeAndre Ayton this year, if it was an over-under, be like between 8 and 10. Yeah. Right? But now you're getting 20. Mm-hmm. So go out there and show what you can do with 20 shots as a focal point of, on a young team. And uh, hopefully it turns around and hopefully it's a good thing for both sides. Yeah, I, I do hope he gets that opportunity and like Saul said, comes out with a chip on his shoulder and plays well there. I do think one thing that would help him exponentially is he has one of the best and worst things about D.A. is he will always say what's on his mind. And yeah. sometimes he kind of just blurts out whatever is on his mind. And to your point about the communication, I think sometimes that can get him in trouble maybe after game five. That's that very tendency is something that yeah. made him blurt that out. Like I'm not playing game six or something right. like that. And I, I do think it doesn't help with the way that he's perceived when that happens. Yeah. Like he, yeah. he gets perceived as like, oh, he's not smart or he's immature or whatever you want to call it. And he's not. He's a very smart dude and yeah. he is mature. But when he just, you know, blurts whatever is off the top of his head, it can come off that way. So I hope that the fans in Portland are good to him and that he gets to flourish there. But for people that were wondering why the Suns had this inclination of like, we need to trade DA or making this move that feels like an addition by subtraction kind of move. Those are some of the things that probably went on behind the scenes and we're grading to deal with after a certain amount of time. Cause I know Monty would be diligent about trying to find certain specific tasks on a game to game basis to keep him engaged. Like we need this many rebounds out of you, or we need you to stop this guy tonight and focus on that. And when he did those things, DA would accomplish those tasks, but it can get a little Trivial. tiresome. Yeah. Yeah. It can get tiresome to yes. keep having to put carrots in front of somebody and keep them motivated. I, I saw some AZ family. I'm sorry, I don't want to be long-winded here, but AZ mm. family did a recap this weekend. Did y'all see that? Mm-mm. The Suns rewind okay. for the season. Mm-mm. Long story short, I was watching that. And there was a clip about DeAndre Ayton when he came back to Madison Square Garden and played the Knicks. He had 35 and 15 in that game. Mm-hmm. That's DeAndre Ayton. Very interesting part of that clip. I, 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 You guys should check it out. When he gets in the locker room, he sits down... Monty Williams goes, shout out to the young buck, 35 and 15. Everybody goes crazy. Mm-hmm. Young buck is the word he used. Mm-hmm. Now, now think about this. How long has DeAndre been on this team? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That tells me something. Mm-hmm. That tells me something. I saw that clip and I looked and I'm like, damn. I mean, he is young. He's well, 25. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he was kind of the elder statesman. Elder statesman alongside all- Devin. Correct. He's been here the longest. Correct. Yeah. So is he still the young buck? And if I got to call the young buck, and and yeah, that caught my attention, and I think it kind of you know makes all this make sense yeah. in, yeah. In, in a in a sense. It's unfortunate, but 
hopefully it works out for the best for both parties. Mm -hmm. And um, mo like we wish DA the best of luck in Portland, um, but we hope the Suns got the better end of the deal here, hey, just selfishly. Scoot is no joke. Scoot is no joke. I'm just saying that. And he's going to get a lot of shine, and DA's got to be ready for that too. I'm telling you, it's not going to be all sunshine and roses right. over there in Portland. Like He's going to have to ball out too because the minute he doesn't, those guys, yeah. they're trying to make a name for themselves in the league, too. <laughs> they're they're going to bypass him, too. Talk to him, we're, Then we're going to be all – this is going to repeat all over again. Talk like, to him, so. He's got to come with a, a different mindset completely. All right, we did get a super chat from Omar again. Thank you so much, Omar. Appreciate you for dropping another 50 bucks on oh, the man, super Omar. chat. Said, shout out to Saul for hooking a brother up. I got there you. There you go. <laughs> Uh, thank you for being here, Omar, both yesterday and today. We appreciate my you. Guy. Uh, also, friends, don't forget to check out our friends at OGs. They want to be your friends as well. They make the best scratch me THC gummies you can find. And if you're stuck on what kind of gummies to get, OGs has taken the guesswork out of it. The decision is super easy now that they have the fruits and the creams mixed bags. You can try all the different fruits flavors in one bag and all the different creams flavors in another bag. Plus, the fruits and the creams are available in both the Sunny Sativa or the Mellow Indica blend, allowing you to really customize your OG's experience based on your mood and the time of day. So check out OG's brands for yourself and try one or a few of their many delicious flavors. You can find them on social at OG's Brands or online at ogsbrands.com to find a local dispensary near you. But you must be 21 years or older, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. Also, now that it's cooling down here in the valley, we can sit outside on patios again, and I'm so excited for that. And the best patio you're going to find in town is, of course, at Illegal Pete's. It is your go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beer, and it has been for 28 years. And the best part is that their happy hour is 3 to 8 p.m. every single day at all 12 locations. So make sure you check out our friends over at Illegal Pete's. All right, we talked a lot about DA. Let's talk a little bit now about some of the other pieces in the trade, specifically the pieces that the Suns got back. We'll start with Yusuf Nurkic, and we were able to actually have a conversation with someone from Portland, and here's what he had to say about Nurk. What are what are his strengths? What I've heard is he's unbelievable at setting screens, yes. uh, is, is a good rebounder, uh, and can pass. But motivation at times is a problem. Is that, is that well, a good read? <laughs> Well, I'll put it this way. He spent all of last summer playing for Bosnia in the Eurobasket tournament. And then he still somehow came into camp out of shape. Oh, <laughs> so that, that's that been, I, I know over the course of the season, Chauncey Billups has been pretty frustrated with that that aspect of things. But, and, you know, he's also a guy like personality. Like, he's not a bad guy. Nurk is a good person. He's a good guy. I like him a lot personally. I've never had an issue with him. He does get very moody sometimes when he's not getting the ball as much as he would like or when something isn't going the way that he would like. I think that's that's a very real thing with him. I think, and if you want to talk about like him expanding his game, this past, I'm going to pull the numbers up here just so I have it, but this past year, uh, he started actually shooting threes more than he... Uh, Right. Than, he, than he had in the past and he was actually i'm i'm pulling this up uh he shot 
so he shot so he shot 2.33 point attempts per game and they were mostly like wide open looks because nobody's guarding Yusuf Nurkic out there but <laughs> 2.3 attempts per game which is way more than he's ever shot in a season before that and he shot 36.1 percent on those attempts which is not like elite but that's you know that's respectable like you got to put someone on him at that mm. point nothing makes me feel better than knowing that we got a player that eh he could be this, he could be this. It just depends. See, Espo said that yesterday, oh. and I will say what I told Espo yesterday. There's a big <laughs> difference between not being motivated on a Portland Trailblazers team that's yep. trying to lose and doing that for a title contender that has Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Beal on your ass if you're not motivated. Yep. So I don't know. I, I mean, it's something to watch out for, for sure. It's mm -hmm. alarming to hear those words being said because we've said them pretty often about D.A., but I do think the context of situation matters there. If we got rid of DA and got the same problems, I will be a little salty. Give him the but benefit I, of the doubt. I will. Yeah. But All at least of us, but I would be a little collectively, salty. we need to give him the benefit of the doubt. I know why, why, why? that there are things that come with any player, any team, whatever baggage, <sighs> reputation, whatever, whatever. You got to give him a benefit of a doubt on your team. I don't yeah. understand. But again, like I just... Never and he's it's also just, being paid 15 million less so if the problems are the same and he's not the answer at center at least it's easier to trade that contract than yeah. it would have been mid-season yeah. to deal da that is the silver lining and i know a lot of people wanted to see da under vogel myself included but if it didn't work out you would have had a much harder time trading him mid-season and we saw last year what a significant mid-season trade can do if you don't have enough time to right. get all your ducks in a row before the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, Nurk's not perfect, man. No. I mean, he's not perfect. He, he's, a, he's a good NBA center, but he's got his flaws. Um, that kind of sounded like a DA scouting report mm -hmm. when you're listening <laughs> it to did. it. But, I um, mean, doesn't it? it no, yeah. I did. It sounded like a DA scouting yeah. report. I, when I, I didn't hear it. This is the first time I heard it. And I'm listening to it right now, and I'm like, damn, yeah. we're talking about DA. Mm -hmm. So it, it did sound a little disappointing to hear that, but I do agree with Gerald. It's kind of similar to the Brad Beal thing. You know, Brad Beal in Washington with a tanking team uh, and now playing with the Phoenix Suns is two different variables. You're going to see a different Brad Beal, and I think you'll see a different Nurkic on our championship team. And there are areas where, of course, DeAndre in is better than Nurk. And there are areas where Nurk can maybe help the Suns out a little bit more. Yeah. Gerald, I know you have a lot of thoughts on this one. Do you want to start? Yeah. So um, for anyone who is new here, we do a newsletter that's sent directly to your inbox for diehard members only. So make sure to become a member, subscribe to the newsletter if you want some exclusive content from yours truly in your inbox. Um, and I wrote about three areas where Yusuf Nurkic will actually help the Suns a little bit more than DA. And I'm not here trying to convince anyone that Nurkic is a better player than DA. Right. But I do think he brings a couple of things to the table that maybe DA didn't. Um, Hyken mentioned it in the video there about the three-point shooting. As far as being 36%, that's not great, but it's good for a big man. And he shot really well on above-the-break threes, which is where he would be getting catch-and-shoot looks out of the pick-and-pop. Yeah. Um, so if he's able to continue that, you add a spacing element to the offense that you did not have with DA because however you want to look at it, he couldn't shoot threes or he wasn't allowed to, whichever it was. Um, and the other thing with that spacing is that he's a better passer than DA. Um, you know, he's averaged three assists over the last five seasons. DA has never averaged more than two assists in a season. Um, and I do think that matters because... How many times did we see D.A. catch the ball in the pick and pop 
and kind of short circuit as yeah. far as like, okay, there's a low man five feet in front of me. I'm just going to pull up for the mid range instead of taking one power dribble, forcing the issue, trying to get to the free throw line, trying to get to the basket. It was, it was frustrating at times um, because he didn't have that confidence to close the gap and attack the rim. Nurkic is not a good finisher. He's nowhere near as good as DA in that regard, but he is good at finding guys on the backside. He's a good passer. He's really good at being what we had with Frank Kaminsky and Dario Sharch before, as far as being a connector at the top yeah. of the key that can hit cutters. Um, and that's something that DA love him, but he, all of his passes were two hand overhead bullet passes. Yeah. Nurkic has a little bit more dexterity in his game. So I think that'll help open things up as well. And then just the overall activity, like I'm not going to sell you Nurkic as a better defender than DA, but he was more engaged around the basket at trying to deter shots than DA was last season. Um, he was a little bit more active on the offensive glass. The, all the advanced stats kind of bear these things out. So I think if you have an engaged Nurkic under a defensive minded coach like Vogel, those things could matter. I think come playoff time, he's going to really have to prove that he can stay on the court, and I'm not sold that that's even a thing. But for the regular season, at least you have a guy that, if he's healthy, can get the job done defensively. You have yeah. enough tools around him to make it work, and he brings a couple of different assets to the, tra to the table that DA just didn't. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, listen, offensive rating, Nurkic was better. Now, mm. I, I don't, I'm not a big analytics guy. I'm mm. not. But he had a better offensive rating, better defensive rating, and a better net rating than DeAndre. Um, situations mean everything, man. Mm -hmm. And I think Nurk is going to... Here's one thing I will say. I don't think we ever got to the point where DeAndre embraced the role in Phoenix, right? Mm -hmm. As the third or fourth option. I think he always did it. But I think in the back of his mind, he's saying, man, I, I was the first pick, man. I, I could be a number one. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm being told to be a third or fourth option, but I could be a number one. The difference is, is Nurk is a fourth option. He mm -hmm. knows it. Mm -hmm. Right. He's, he's done his whole career. So DeAndre is the better player. I think Nurk is the better fit for this role. If you're mm -hmm. going to get eight to ten shots from DeAndre, Nurk will be just fine getting those eight to ten shots and doing it the way he's always done it. So, again, I think it's more of a fit thing. Um, DeAndre is the better player. Nurk might be the better fit, though. And But in the playoffs, it could get tough. Like no, I mean, I get it. I mean, it's easier said than done, though, because I know Nurk wants – he wants to score, too. Like, yeah. he likes the ball. Like, everybody's everybody was wanting DA to be Ben Wallace 2.0 or Dennis Rodman 2.0, guys that – could give a shit less about scoring, really. They just wanted to rebound, play defense, and beat people up. Like, and DA was never going to be that guy. And now we're expecting somebody else to essentially play that role to a certain degree. And I don't know how it's going to work out. I really don't. I think, I think there's some things about this team that I think definitely make it a championship contender. I don't know if Yusuf Nurkic is one of them. I and I won't know until we get to see some of these games and see how they play and and what his demeanor's like and how he reacts to certain things because most basketball players want to be able to be involved on the offensive side to get rewarded for for effort and and I don't I don't give a shit who you are like you run that court you know 18 times and you don't touch the ball once you feel some kind of type of way about that do you do you feel like Jock got rewarded who Landell Jock Jock uh when he was I, on the court how did you feel I would say that Jock's because of Jock's effort it was it was it was different, and the guys would seek to reward him more than Da. 
So that's, I would say that's that, my point. Yes. With Nurk. I don't know. I don't know if Nurkic is going to be that. I, dude. I think he could, man. Okay. I think, I, that's my opinion. I think you could also look to his age too. He's twenty nine, mm-hmm. and so maybe at this point in his career, he really wants a championship. Yeah. And so he's willing. He he he's come from a different. He's at a different path than Da has. Right. Mm-hmm. Da only had a couple years of the dog days. Nurk may be more willing to sacrifice because he's been through some of the dog days on other teams where he's like, I know if I do this, I'm going to get rewarded with championship. Mm -hmm. And I want that more than I want the scoring accolades or whatever it may be. Yeah. It's just a different perspective. Sometimes will change everything. Yeah. That's the hope because they need him to set like he apparently sets bone crushing screens, which is really good for this, this big three that the Suns have. Um, (laughs) What? Brian McKnight in the chat. No. Oh man, let's go. (laughs) I'm not. He asked it's, if we're booing it and when he comes back. I personally am that's not. That's the part you took away? Oh, I think he was just more so reacting like, to Brian, Brian McKnight being so, in the well. chat. I love Brian I mean, McKnight. there's a lot of names in the chat. Appreciate you here, Brian McKnight. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they need him to set screens, roll with purpose, crash the offensive glass, do the little things. He has had a pretty high usage rate uh, the last couple of years in Portland, so that might be an adjustment here. But yeah. again, I don't know how you come here as a big who's been on a bad team for the last couple of years. You get to play with Book and KD for Vogel with Bradley Beal and are like, nah, I need more touches. I, he I, looked excited on Twitter. Tough. It would be tough. I mean, he, he seemed excited to come to Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And, and you know, it's another thing from conversations I had last night. Book and KD they seem to operate better with a big that stretches the floor because mm-hmm. it opens up the paint for them to operate. And that's where they want to live mm-hmm. with Deandre not being able to go out to the three point line and not be able to really put pressure in, in that way. Um, I think Nurk is going to add a different dynamic to that. And I think he's going to be rewarded. I tell you what, if he's shooting three, three, two point six, they said two point three threes a game, two point three threes a game. Mm-hmm. I think that gets bumped up to three plus this year and I and I think if he makes a couple then we get dangerous yeah. it would it would be great if he does and I, I do think if that is something that happens the Suns need to make a concerted effort especially their big three to attack the basket more yeah. Bradley Beal does it a ton but we've seen the Suns team in the years past has not put enough pressure on the rim um, and I think if you're taking away DA's finishing ability he shot like 78% at the rim Nurkic is only at like 62 so you need to make up for some of that rim pressure Somehow, and I think if Nurkic can spread the floor, you really want those three guys to attack more often. All right, before we move on to our next one, a reminder that Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season specifically for all of you. Shady Rays has premium polarized sunglasses, gear that is built to last. They are just as good as the expensive sunglasses, but they are much more affordable. And on top of that, this deal I'm about to tell you is going to make them even more affordable. So right now, if you go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX, you're going to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. You can try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Also, our friends over at Splash Sports have a ton of great stuff happening, and we have partnered with them for a weekly Pick X and NFL Survivor contest for everyone to participate in for real money. So, All you have to do is head to SplashSports.com slash PHNX. The link is in the description and sign up. It's as simple as that. So again, head to SplashSports.com 
slash PHNX to join in. We'll have different contests coming out and we are super excited to compete with and against all of you. So be sure to click the link in the description for more information. Before we move on to the next topic, can I ask you guys a hypothetical question? I sure. hate hypothetical yeah. questions. Uh, lucky for you, I'm going to say <laughs> it anyway. um, Okay, so I know everybody loves Cam and Mikhail. And uh-huh. Sweet baby angels and they cannot do anything wrong. Are you guys going to feel the same way when Mikhail hits a three and turns <laughs> to the bench and does that? Like, no. are you going to be like, yeah, Mikhail? Hell, hell no. I mean, I don't do that after any hell play, no. but I'm going to laugh at it for sure. I would laugh at it because I, the relation, well, I guess what it if depends. The, what if the if players, it's towards book, the relationship the, is there. What if the players like react like, you know, negatively towards it? They're it's dead. a whole new team. Mikhail yeah, didn't play with any of these saying. guys. Only book. Like, we cool with that? Hey, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I do. I'm going at, if I'm... I'm, I'm a ball player. Like, don't let him hit that three. Hey, hey yeah. Cal, you come to you come to my bench and do that. I'm going after you. <laughs> he better not do that while I'm at a game and I'm watching. <laughs> it's not gonna hurt me because I'm booing. Yeah, no, Cal could go kick rocks <laughs> when he comes to the valley. No, I, no, no, I'll no, no. from in Brooklyn. It hurts because Mikel did that to your guy now. Yeah. Yeah. That's what. That's what. It, that's what. We, Emma means by it hurts a little. Not that we don't have Mikel anymore. It hurts that Mikel did it to us. Hell yeah. I don't want it's that. Like, it's, it's like, damn, we used to root for that. And then it I just happened to yeah, us. Like, how dare you? It's, yeah. it's kind of disrespectful, is, not going to lie. Because what I think is, is like, everybody loves him and mm. everything's all good right now. Because yeah. he has not had to play your team yet. Yeah. But if he came out and dropped like 45 and, and cost you a game, you might feel a little differently about Mikel. Or Cam. Yeah, because when Luca does it, we get pissed. Yeah. So we can't give Cal a pass. Yeah, but so what's mm. the what's the but what's I, the purpose like of this like exercise? You, I feel like you're still gonna be Team Mikhail no matter what. I feel like the difference Whoa, is if when Luca does that, we know Luca and Book hate each other. Right. When Mikhail does that to Book the first time, we know that off okay. the court it's all love. Like right. I don't so, and so, it's one regular season so, game. So so I guess we'll go back to this then. So when Aiden, if he if he does it, mm-hmm. is it gonna be like Luca against Book then? Probably, yeah. No, because I don't think it'll Aiden, be that extreme. It's somewhere in the middle. Geez. I think it's in the middle. I know you, for a fact there are a lot of Suns geez. fans that are rooting for him to fail. Yes. yes. I know for a fact that, and we've talked about this, that like DA, like this DA trade would not have happened if Book and KD did not okay it. So we know that they were okay with moving on from DA, which adds a little yeah. fuel to the fire the next yeah. time they play each other. Like and also like DA never had any signature like celebration that was like Mikhail's. I think that's well, a factor as well. I like, want to add. I'm gonna laugh my ass off when DA tries to fucking dunk for the first time when you know he would have laid it up normally. And oh he just yeah, tries to rip dunk, down the rim and, and then he's like flexes and shit. Like, dude, motherfucker, I swear to God, <laughs> <laughs> I would be salty about that. Can, can I add to this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the consensus is when Mikhail and Cam come here. There's going to be a standing ovation. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I think the consensus is when DA brings his ass here to game one. I think it'll be fifty-fifty. It's going to be very mixed. Yeah, it's going to be, be very. Mixed. You're going to be. You're not going to be able to tell who won. It'll be respectful, but I I do think to your point, it won't be as enthusiastic as the twins. Right, I agree. Yeah. And then when the trims drop t- sixty on the trims, on the Suns, the twins, <laughs> when, they dro- when they drop sixty, then we'll see how people change their feelings. Then you know what we do. We sick mm. our guy on him. Grayson Allen, no, baby. No, oh, no, no, no. Let's go, Grayson. Let's go, Grayson. Let's go, Grayson. Let's go. Take your ass 
far. Back to Brooklyn. Too far. <laughs> That is reserved for other oh my a-holes, God. not sweet baby angels. Too far, you guys. Rip them all the way down the court. Reel uh, it in. Brooklyn, baby. Get them all. I know it's been a chaotic 24 hours, but reel it in, you Back two. to backs with the Nets oh, in the match. Man. You trip the, the twins, and then you scissor kick Luca in the head. You have just rallied the valley. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald and I are like, absolutely not. We do not subscribe. But we I'm do tra- not oh my subscribe. God. Oh my God. How are you going to feel if that happens, though? What? If Grayson does something to Mikhail or Cam? Oh my God, the conflict. Yeah. Honestly, who's got the Sun jersey on? I guarantee you more Suns fans will side with Mikhail yeah. or Cam than they will that with Grayson Allen. That is wild. See, I can't never get behind that. But we're talking about, get behind what, are we talking about a hard play or are we talking about a dirty play? Because there's two I'm totally different things. I'm not talking Kurt things. Rambis, like close Because if it's play. just a hard, a hard foul, that's one yeah, thing. If but, it's dirty, though, it doesn't matter who's doing yeah, it. If it's dirty, it's dirty. If it's dirty, I don't want dirty. I don't want dirty. But Grayson does that... That might be considered, a, you know, aggressive or over the top, or or let's just say it's a hard foul. It will be viewed as yeah. uh, a dirty play because, because his it's reputation. Out. Yeah, I know. But what dirty if it, play. But if he did that to, like, if he had a hard foul on McHale and McHale fell and he hurt his wrist, like, uh, oh boy, did now that, that was a dirty play. But that was a dirty. But play. like, but like, let's <laughs> just say it was, you know, it was just a hard contact foul and McHale fell. I do wonder what would the reaction be across the board. I'm, you hurt McHale, like, no. yeah, but he. It was a hard. It was a hard play. Yeah, so, but, so go ahead. Go but ahead. if you want the benefit of the doubt, don't put yourself in a position where we're never going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Like that's that's, right. that's, right, that's so more about Allen. You can't ask for the benefit of the doubt when you've already proved us wrong eighty five no, times. So no, hold no, on, no, no, hold he on. He got the benefit of the doubt because he became a Phoenix Sun. So hold on, though. <laughs> let let they, no. <laughs> I, 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 I'm with a benefit of the doubt. I'm with Solo. I did not say I wasn't. I'm with Solo. You were you were hesitant. I didn't say a single word about that whole segment, did I? Hold on, hold on. You were hesitant. You weren't on board. If Lucas got 40, mm-hmm. it's fourth quarter, Lucas lighting us up, mm-hmm. and he comes to the hole, and it's a tight game, and Grayson goes in and competes with him at the rim. Hard contact. What are we saying? Hell yeah, Grayson. Again. Put him on the ground. Now, that same play. Let's just take the same play. Mm-hmm. Mikel got 40. It's a tight game. We're fighting for the one seed in the West. We got to win tonight. And Grayson decides, man, somebody got to cool this damn guy down. <laughs> Go get that. If it, it's I'm cheering, man. I'm cheering, man. If man. it's a hard right. foul, I'm fine. It, if it's dirty, that's the it, line. It doesn't it's matter to me who that. it is. Yeah, it doesn't matter who it is. Answers the same for. I both don't want situations. it to be. I'm not saying it's dirty. I'm saying it's a hard. That's fine. Get your ass on the ground, foul, and I'm not picking you up. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, that's I'm fine. Okay with my hypothetical game, <laughs> <laughs> and it made me angry, and I'm upset about it now. Triggered. <laughs> <laughs> I did not want to play this game. My, my guy uh, early in the chat, Atronach. Uh, uh, At- no, you passed oh, it. Atronach just said, "LOL, damn, this spot is a whirlpool right now." Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what I do. Sorry. Welcome. Especially when we reach that like one hour mark, that's when things really yeah. start mm-hmm. to go a little bit off the rails. Um, okay, so to round things out, let's talk a little bit about Nasir Little. Uh, we also were able to get some insight on him from Sean Hyken of the Rose Garden Report newsletter and podcast. If you want to be, get really excited about somebody in the, you know, in this trade coming back, the guy that I would look at as this is a guy that really, you know, super young, still has some upside, needs, you know, probably needs a fresh start and a change of scenery. The guy I would look at is Nasir Little. I think mm-hmm. that's a that's going to be I, th- I think that he's going to become a fan favorite pretty quickly, I think. 
Okay. What what can you tell us about his game? Because I know looking at the numbers, obviously, it's not going to paint the clear picture, um, you know, playing bench minutes or limited minutes his first three or four seasons in Portland. Well, he's a dog. I'll put it that way. <laughs> he, he mentality-wise, like, he's like, he's going to, like, dive on the floor, go after loose balls, that that kind of stuff. He's gotten better i think as a as a as a shooter you know he's 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 a he's a like he has the body to be he's one of those guys where like you look at the physical tools you look at the body and you can say oh you know he could he could be like a good you know a good modern you know defensive wing and that you know that that's kind of what they tried to do with him it never came together for whatever reason whether it's you know health because he's had a lot of different injury stuff and it's not anything that i think is really recurring it's all just kind of uh you know a bunch of unrelated stuff that he was just really unlucky with, mm. but uh, he, he's a, he was also I think it's just, it's, it was just one of those situations where like he makes a couple of defensive lapses and then Chauncey kind of pulls him and doesn't put. It's one of those things where like sometimes a coach will have a short leash for a young guy, but he's talented and he works hard. And I think I think he he's a guy that I I would you know I I, I think people are gonna really take to uh, you know personality wise everything else you know he mentality wise i think he he's about the right things and he's gonna uh, i i think he's somebody that fans in phoenix are gonna like a lot whether he you know is, is able to is, is able to have an impact or not that's fair all right so <laughs> we're guys when we played that clip we're still arguing about it even though we it's were a flawed argument <laughs> terrible look we what love you did Mikhail. to our soul you've broken this group and i hate it anyway back to Nasir <laughs> little um he might end up being one of the bright spots of this trade maybe mm-hmm. something that a little bit of a sleeper right and that's exciting somebody we can I'm, get on board with i'm super excited about Nasir little i am and i did a deep dive yesterday i had a long conversation with some of my portland guys and I mean, Nasir went through some stuff last year. Let's chop it down a little bit. He's 19 years old. He plays his first two years in Portland, 19 and 20. Okay. They kind of let him ease into things. And then that third year, he was really good. Mm -hmm. Okay. That third year, he was fantastic. Played a lot of energy, defending, rebounding, uh, jumping out the gym, highlight dunks, shooting a three ball, creating offense. I mean, it was a lot to be excited about in his year three. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then year four, there was an expectation for him to kind of rev it up, but he was hurt. You know, I, I'm not sure if this is completely out there, but I know Nasir dealt with a core muscle injury all year last year on top of a hip injury that caused him to miss like 30 games. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the tape from two years ago versus last year, which I did yesterday extensively, you could see his athletic ability was getting swept under the like he had he he was getting blown by by guys that normally he would clamp Mm -hmm. and you can tell he was playing hurt and then also the chauncey factor there was a short leash with chauncey so i think nasir is primed to have a really good year this year and i think he's gonna be a fan favorite i i really do i think there's gonna be a situation where this kid is going to pay uh, uh play a big role with this team around book kd and bill uh, he's just super intriguing, guys. I'm saying it right now. We're going to do shows. Mm-hmm. We're going to do five shows this year, mm-hmm. Lens, where we're going to think Nasir Little had a dunk of the year mm-hmm. with this team. Um, it, he's that athletic and that dynamic. He's just got to get consistent and, and cure up some of the injury stuff. Yeah, he's he is intriguing for the athleticism. The fact that he's only 6'5 as a, as a small forward 
is made up for the fact that he's got like a near seven two wingspan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's a guy that can compete he's on a, both ends. He's a long gentleman. Stop. <laughs> Stop it right now. <laughs> We're not going down that rabbit hole again. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry. I don't know you're what gonna I'm going to say now. Okay, <laughs> then fine. Since we already derailed it, Saul and I are literally about to fight. You guys, we're having a battle in the chat Hi, right Jack now. Ass. <laughs> Me, Saul, and all of you. Like, Saul, So Jay was like, Saul, Grace, and Alan, this podcast. And I said, Saul is Grace and Alan right now. And then I said, I'm about to fight Saul for real. And now apparently this is just becoming the nature of this season is we're all just going to be fighting everybody. And it's all because Grace and Alan and Saul started it. You know what would be great, Lens? You the brought out the ends, worst in me, Saul. You know what would be great? <laughs> if when the show ends, right before we go, you trip Saul. <laughs> that would do it, yo. That would do you it. You better be careful. One of these days, I might come in here and just trip you. Listen, I might. Listen here, listen and it'll here. definitely be an accident. Just be careful. That's uh -huh. dual That's what Grace says all the time. It's an accident. You guys. <laughs> What is this life? What is happening to us? I love Man. Nasir Little. I love him. Uh -huh. I love what he brings to the table. I'm trying to get us back on track. Yeah. Um, I'm I, done. I, I'm like, off the rails. Again, like, I'm not getting back on. I, I, I would. You guys tell me if I'm wrong because I thought about this yesterday. Uh -huh. We talked about Okogi and yeah. KBD. <laughs> I could see very easily at some point Nasir Little becoming that fifth starter. Didn't we not talk about that, Gerald? We did. We talked about it before the show. I'm still leaning towards the start of, start of the season, Kogi or KBD, but if he proves himself, he could work himself into the running for that spot. It'll definitely make for more competitive practices, which Man. is never a bad thing. We've talked about that already with this new group of guys, but you add these two into the mix, and especially Little, that competition is going to be competition throughout the season of who gets the and keeps that spot. I want to see, man. I wish we could see the practices. Oh man, man, I really wish. Kogi and the practices. Little. <laughs> oh man, I bet those. I bet those practices. Okay, let me take you guys behind the curtain a little bit. Gerald and Lindsay both know this. Um, being there in practice with Devin Booker, at, in the last like twenty minutes of practice, when they would open up to the media and you can go in there, guys would get a little bit of extra work. And Devin Booker is just—he's just. He's just He's an uber aggressive guy. Mm -hmm. He will talk some trash. <laughs> he's he's bodying dudes like he's making them feel little, like because he's trying to get them to come up to his game. Right mm -hmm. now, you have other dudes and Bradley Beal, KD, and then you have the rest of everybody else in the bench. And you have guys that have proven themselves in the league, like Eric Gordon. You have guys that are trying to prove themselves in the league, like Jordan Goodwin. Yeah. Jordan Goodwin is a dog going up against somebody like, you know, like Eric Gordon or going up against somebody like Book. And he's not going to back down either because we could see that in Summer League. And then you have all these other elements. And, oh, my God, I just feel like I know everybody talks about, like, maybe this team took a step back defensively because they lost DA athletically, right? Mm -hmm. But I really don't feel like that's going to be the ultimate case because I feel like the collective will build each other up defensively to a certain point where it's not going to matter. Everybody's going to be okay. Even Nurkic, who might be slow on the perimeter, they'll figure out a way to better utilize him in the defense so he's not as exposed. Um, the pitching hunting won't happen as much with Nurkic. I'm excited for this team. Yeah. I was excited yesterday, obviously stunned, but I think this team is going to, they're going to be a lot more grittier than yeah. any other Suns team we've had. I yeah. really believe that. They don't have guys that are trying to finish pretty at the rim and all that bullshit. Sorry, <laughs> DA, I love you. Um, they have guys that are going to try to, like, you know, put an elbow in your face if you get too close. Like, and that's what you need. You need those kind of guys, especially when you get into the playoffs. Listen, the Denver Nuggets, from my opinion, 
we're, we're, we're not really challenged physically a lot. And I think if you're going to try to wear down somebody like Jokic, that's one way you're going to have to try and do it. That's why I thought Jock was way more effective than DA was because he was, you know, he was giving them the business, even though he was completely outmanned. Yeah. We know that. I'm not saying he stopped him by any stretch of the imagination. But even Denver Nuggets fans were like, Jock played the best out of anybody against Jokic because yeah. he was so physical. And that's what I will hope that this entire collective team brings to the table this year. And I feel like that's what we're about to see. And, and to your point, first minute into Frank Vogel's introductory press conference, what did he say? He said, we're going to play scrappy as hell. Mm -hmm. yeah. They got the collection of guys that's that are going to do that. That is a great fucking point, yeah. Gerald. It's time. <laughs> It's going to be fun. Now guys. let's see what happens. I think you should. Scrappy like I me think and Chelsea. We, we have, <laughs> we need to start moving. Listen, I get that like trades are hard one way or the other, no matter mm -hmm. how you feel about a situation. There's always a lot of emotions that go into it. Um, but I think we need to, since the season is quite literally just around the corner, media day <laughs> is on Monday. We need to start leaning a little bit more into that. This is what our team is. Try and find the positives and get on board with, um, the growth and the development and just the story that will be whatever this season is for the Phoenix Suns. Um, but we'll continue to have this conversation tomorrow. We'll be back at 3 p.m. If you are here on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button on your way out. Wait, wait, if you wait. are listening on audio. We, we talked about all the new guys. We're not going to talk about Grayson Allen for real, for real? No, we're going to do that tomorrow. Oh, okay. Yeah. We, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll we have a whole episode on Grayson Allen? We are not having a whole episode on Grayson Allen. Y'all are going to fight by the end of the <laughs> <laughs> Um Also, real quick, uh, Sean Hyken, who did join us uh, to talk about the Portland guys, we do have an entire interview on our YouTube page. If you want to watch mm -hmm. that full thing, that content is there as well for you. Um, but I believe I was saying, if you're listening on audio, rate, review, subscribe. You can also follow the show on Twitter to stay up to date with everything at phnx underscore sons. You can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And you can follow Flex at Flex from Jersey. I'm going to take us home today because... Thank you to everyone who voted in the secret poll for me. Ahoy hoy! <laughs> Style is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX though. Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. Y'all always wreck the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G. No plan. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. <laughs>